to the Houston shot that happened in that 99 series. I don't even really want to think about the Knicks heat battles. That was too much heartbreak for me. So I just go I just go to that. <laughs> right. But but let's get to it. Uh we can start off with you Lee. What do you feel like are some keys to the game for the Knicks heat matchups? For me the number one matchup, the number one key is limiting Bam Adebayo's playmaking ability. He is one of the best facilitating and playmaking bigs in the game. Yes. The games where he had a high assist ratio, the Heat won. Uh, sometimes they won handily. Sometimes they won close. I pointed out. But more importantly, it gave their three-point shooters supreme confidence by having wide-open shots on the perimeter. Five of the Heat players shot over 41% from the series, and I believe Duncan Robinson shot like 73%. Yes. Three-point line for the series. Because of Mike Budden Hosers, who I think is one of the most, maybe the most overrated coach in the NBA outside of Doc Rivers, his failure to adjust, failure to use timeouts, uh, failure to, to handle his rotations, and his failure to double Jimmy Butler. He only doubled him a total of seven times, I heard, in that entire series. Didn't double him once in game five. That will not happen with Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau knows Jimmy Butler's game more than any other coach in the NBA. He knows what he likes to do, what he doesn't like to do, and he's on steam for that. And also vice versa. Butler knows Tibbs as well. But I think between the two, Tibbs has evolved more in his mentality, more than Jimmy Butler. So that's going to be a key uh, metric for us that, that goes in our favor. Lemony Bam Adebayo is a playmaker uh, you know, in the middle of a court where he can find cutters and strainers, find three-point shooters, um, do like – Bid to bid strings to get Kevin Love open is going to be really key. Bid to bid strings with Jimmy Butler is going to be key. Him as a dribble handoff and that's a bonus role uh, for three point shooters too is going to be key. They do a lot of that action. And I've been limiting that as much as possible to really force him in, into a face up game is going to really lead to our advantage. Because I think our bids are way bigger, taller, stronger, and longer to limit him and off in face up opportunities. So we can really contain him and keep him shooting bad threes or long twos, which I believe he shot 18% from three this season. He's not a long range threat at all. We can keep him in a storing mode outside of a facilitating mode. That really, really, really would be an advantage that would cut off all of their injury passes to their three-point shooters and really rely on Jimmy Butler to give 50, 55-point performances for them to even have a chance. No, no, I agree with you. Listen, the the Heat don't have Victor Oladipo. Um, they're missing Tyler Hero. So who they run their offense through is severely limited. So I can see them kind of like, you know, playing maybe staggering Butler and 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 uh Bam's minutes because they don't have as much playmaking. He's been asked to play make more at the end of the series. So that's something we're definitely going to have to look out for for sure. And you know, when it comes to the the matchups of Mitch versus Bam Mitch. Bam has shot well versus Mitch. Bam shot 57% versus Mitch um, during the season. So, uh, so we're definitely going to have to look out for that. Uh, so we had 12 of 21. Like Lee said, he's not really a high buy on three-point shooter, so I don't really not worried about that really. But the playmaking is definitely something we're going to have to look out for. And, and and the same thing for, you know, for Hartenstein. He, 
He played well against Hartenstein as well, and Hartenstein fouled a lot more. I think he sent sent uh, Bam to the line like nine times, and he, so he he kind of gave our big some trouble for that one game. Um, I know we I feel like we've adjusted though a lot better after that first game where he really killed us. But we're gonna have to keep bringing that intensity. We have to cl close up that airspace when he's shooting, um, and we're gonna have to not foul at a high rate to really really stifled the heat because the heat don't have a lot of playmakers man so we 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 have to play this right yep mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, ryan i don't know if you have anything to add to anything that's just said well i'll try to like throw in something else because i think the both of y'all pretty much said a lot of my talking points about this series um i think a major thing is of course slowing down Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler was able to go off in the Bucks series. And, you know, like Lee said earlier, you know, the Bucks only really put Drew Holiday on him. And even though, even though Drew Holiday is a good defender, if you give Jimmy Butler the same looks, he's going to kill you. And Budenholzer didn't really make any adjustments. I mean, even his players complained about it after the series was over saying that even Giannis said that he wanted to guard Jimmy Butler and, Budo, and Budenholzer didn't give him the goal to do yeah. so. So... Yeah. You know, and and then you can guarantee that, you know, Jimmy Butler going against the Knicks defense. The Knicks don't play one-on-one -on -one defense. The Knicks play team defense. Like, even when they were guarding Donovan Mitchell, like, they were throwing multiple bodies at Donovan Mitchell, even when he made his moves to the basket. And I, I accept I expect them to do the same with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is not going to get one-on-one -on -one defense. Like, he's going to, like, whenever he makes his move, there's going to be, like, Knicks coming from other directions to try to slow him down and to try to confuse him. So I expect them to do that to, to kind of throw him off his game. Um, the three-point shooting is definitely a concern because the Heat were kind of hot from three. But if you looked at their three-point stats in the regular season, they were one of the worst shooting teams from three in the NBA. So you're, you're hoping that the averages kind of, you know, come back down to normal mm -hmm. against the Knicks' its upcoming series. And I think the Knicks also has to, um, because the Heat will trap Brunson. And I think at times they will throw Jimmy Butler on Brunson as well, because they even did that, did that in the regular season to try to slow him down when he is going off. So I think the Knicks are going to do a lot of two guard sets with quickly and Brunson in the backcourt to try to neutralize the Heat's trapping on Brunson, just to, you know, just to give the Knicks another playmaker on the court so that, you know, if they do trap Brunson, you put it in quickly's hands or yeah, he quickly says even RJ Barrett's hands because RJ Barrett is showing that he yeah. can playmake as well. Yeah, you know, put you know have other playmakers on the court so that when the Heat do bring that trap, the Knicks will have somebody else on the court to take advantage of the Heat scrambling defense because you know when you trap somebody, someone's always going to be open. Then it's going to basically be four and three. So, you know, I think those are the keys to um the matchup against the Heat coming up. Yeah, all all good points, all very good points. Um. Let's talk about the lack of adjustments that Bud did versus Tibbs. Tibbs has been adjusting this season, and I think that's that's going to help us along. To, to show you how – and I, I can understand why a lot of Heat fans are hyped because they're like, man, we took down the first – the number one team in the NBA, and we destroyed them. But it's crazy when you look into the numbers of Jimmy Butler versus uh, Drew Holiday. Jimmy Butler that whole series was screaming, you can't guard me, you can't guard me. He was screaming that all series, and – Truly, Drew Holiday is, a, is, a, is one of the best point guard defenders in the NBA, but he truly could not guard Jimmy Butler. And this is not a new thing, all right? So uh, matchup to matchup, Jimmy Butler has cooked uh, 
Drew Holiday, he scored 56% from the field on Drew Holiday and 64% from three in the playoffs. And people will be like, oh, that's just the playoffs. Like the regular season, he was cooking them. He 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 was scoring Drew on he was scoring what 50% from the field in the regular season on Drew Holiday. So Bud from the jump didn't have the recipe to really stop him. And then when he came into the postseason, he didn't really change anything. So a lot of I congrats to the Heat for taking down the Bucks, but a lot of this loss is definitely on Bud, even though Jimmy Butler is did go super sane, you know what I mean? So you can't take anything away, not away from him. But like, we can throw him some different looks for sure. We can definitely do that. Yeah, and I think the one thing you just reminded me of something with that stat. I think I don't want to say that this guy's a quote unquote Jimmy stopper, but if you look at Jimmy Butler's stats against Josh Hart this season, they are not good. I think Josh Hart has held him 27% shooting this season. I think that's another positive in the Knicks' favor as well. Josh Hart does guard Jimmy Butler well whenever he's matched up against them. Hey, guys, the chat's saying that they're they're hearing a ringing sound. And they hear it every time one of us uh, or no one talks. And apparently it's really loud and disruptive. A ringing sound. Yeah. All right. Um... I'm sorry. Sorry about that, guys. Let's see. Whenever someone, let me see. Sorry about that. As you guys may know, is that better? Maybe that might have changed. New computer. New computer. Yeah, I got a new computer. If you guys know, the the video has been choppy for a long time. So I got a new computer and I was having a bunch of issues with the sound and I ended up having to do the sound myself. And now this ringing. So hopefully I, ch- I changed the setting. Hopefully the ring. Pete Williams says, sounds like a fire alarm. John Smith, BBB, <laughs> 90s Knicks, quit the ringing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Let's see. I'm hopefully, I'm changing the, chat, the board. Man. Hopefully it's, 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 it's sounding a little bit now. Were they at least hearing what we were saying at least? Uh, yeah. Apparently they, they were. Okay. Like High pitched tone. It's actually louder now. <laughs> it's louder now. <laughs> oh man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what is going on? Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, guys. The stuff they don't tell you about when you want to say, "Yeah, I want to start a podcast." It's like you have to be a freaking sound engineer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Okay, at least they can hear us. I guess it's just this ringing sound in the background that's annoying. <laughs> okay. All right, all oh, right. Sounds like YouTube Morse code. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, let's see. Adjusting. I'm, I'm adjusting in my adjusting sounds. I'm seeing looking at my levels. My levels look levels look okay. Levels look okay. Not sure what exactly is happening. All right. Um, all right, but yeah, let's get to the Josh Hart. So when guarded by Josh Hart, you see the stats right there. Um, he's held, uh, Josh Hart has held Jimmy Buckets to 27% from the field, holds for two from three. Um, so he can definitely get his, but it's, it's, it's the free throws, man. The free throws is like, Jimmy has so many weapons. He's like, I'm not going to score you. I'm getting to the line. Nine and nine from the free throw line. He can still dish out a assist as well. So even though if you stop one thing, 
you can get other things going. So that's one of the things you're going to have to work out for Jimmy. Um, so, and this is one of the big advantages that we have because I know you you mentioned earlier that Jimmy's will be guarding um, Jalen Brunson, but Jalen Brunson's been cooking Jimmy. All right, <laughs> it's been barbecue Jimmy. Like it it does not matter who's guarding Brunson. Uh, he's supposed to be guard. He's supposed to struggle against these taller guards. Fifty eight percent from the field, two or five from three. That's forty percent. Four assists, not bad. <laughs> Not bad, you know. So when it comes to one-on-one matchups, there we have I think we're gonna have the edge just because we have a, a better defender. Josh Hart is a, a way taller guy than Drew Holiday, as good as Drew Holiday is. So I, I expect Tibbs to play him. But also, you know, Quentin Grimes is going to be back as well. So we're, we're gonna have some fouls to throw around because as well as Josh Hart did guard him, he did send him to the line um a lot, you know. <laughs> So we're gonna have to watch the fouls on Jimmy, but but you know, uh, and you know Grimes. Do I have my Do I have my Grimes? Yeah, Grimes did you know forty three percent from the field, but that nine assists, you know, the nine assists, the five and five from threes. So we're going to need Grimes. We're going to need Grimes just to have bodies to combat the massive amounts of fouls that he draws. Now, granted, the Knicks. When it comes to the Knicks versus Miami, the Knicks have been fourth in the league as far as the playoffs in drawing fouls, and the Miami Heat have been towards the bottom. So I feel like that trend will continue. The you know the playoffs they let a lot of stuff go, and sometimes when I'm watching Grimes play defense, especially they they call some BS in, during the season, where I'm just like that's just good defense. Um, I'm thinking they might let a lot of that stuff go, so I'm not sure the fouls are going to be as high, and I think we're going to be fine. I think we're gonna be fine. You know what I mean? Uh, it would say. <laughs> it would say it's still going on. The chat's going crazy with this. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> the man. Damn chat, man. Uh, there's some hilarious people in there. I'm glad you brought up matchups, JLS. I think that's a really important point. Drew Holiday, yes, he is one of the best defenders in the NBA, but he's still a point guard. Jimmy Butler has the ability to be a three and a four, depending on how Miami's uh, scheming on the offense. And there's a, there's a height differential there. As good as Drew Holiday is, his ball denial ability is going to be limited because of the height differential between him and Butler. But you know who is a great defender? And you know who was the best defender on Jimmy Butler this season? Josh Hart. Yep. That's some stats here that you guys are probably going to enjoy. In 106 possessions, and this went for, I believe, five games, three games in Portland, two games in New York. Josh Hart guard Jimmy. He's, Jimmy Butler scored only 21 points. In all of those possessions, six of 22, 27.3% shooting. Jimmy, worst offensive matchup this season was Josh Hart. Mm. And I think, unlike Bud, you are going to see in crunch time, RJ will start off a game guarding Jimmy Butler. But in crunch time, Tibbs has shown he sits with Josh Hart in those clutch time moments, and Hart will be the primary defender guarding Butler. And it's going to be even worse when you throw a help defender on there. And that help defender is either Emmanuel Quickly. Or RJ Barrett or Julius Randle or Mitchell Robinson it is going to be one of the most hellish, difficult, and complicated double teams that Jimmy can face in the entire NBA. So I ha- I take a lot of rest and comfort knowing that Hart can guard him straight up man to man. And we have the unbelievable, lengthy, long athletic defenders to t- toss on him in double team situations as well. I, I hear you. I hear you. And I hope we can, because you know what? 
I I do believe that Sibs is more equipped to handle this, but I also I'm a little bit worried about three point shooting. I'm not even gonna hold you. The Heat, um, number one in these playoffs in field goal percentage and three point shooting this season. Cause just like you said, we have these guys literally let them fly. Um, we <laughs> first we have um, oh my, why am I getting his name right now? The dude who's been banished to the bench and now he's back. He's shooting seven. Duncan Robinson. Yes, Duncan Robinson is now shooting seventy six percent from three. Um, we have other guys on that. There's like three other guys who's shooting over forty percent from three on that team and they're shooting high volume. So it's going to be hellish trying to even double Jimmy. So we're going to have to double him smart in certain times on the floor. We can't give him consistent looks. We we have to kind of vary when we double and maybe even sometimes just rely on heart to, to keep him to that 27% field goal shooting. You know what I mean? Because the way these guys are shooting is going to make it even harder to, to double off. So I, I think we have to do that. We definitely have to do that. And also the steals, man, does the heat have up their steal rate and up their pace in the playoffs? They were Damn near last. I think we're 29th in the league in pace in the regular season. Right now, during the playoffs, I'm going off of memory right now. I believe they're like top. I think are they like top five or something? I have to double check that. I have to double check that. But their pace has picked up. Jimmy's steal rate has picked up. He's he's averaging a lot of steals this season. He's on he's in the top of the league in the playoffs and creating steals. So a lot of these steals and a lot of this pace is predicated on Jimmy Butler's defense. Um, so we have to we have to take care of the ball. We definitely have to take care of the ball. Now, granted, the Knicks have been number one in steals this season, you know? So good for us. We have something to combat that with and get us some easy baskets. But um, to re- I think if we keep our turnovers low, we will be fine, ultimately. Because I, I do believe that a lot of the offense that was created with those Bucks was through the fast was through fast breaks because they were number they yep. were the hundred percentile in fast breaks in the playoffs. Yeah, and the, the Knicks are going to change the tempo of the game. It's going to be a one eighty from what Milwaukee and, and Miami were playing that first round when they face us because we were in the bottom five in pace, both us and Miami. It's going to be a, a drag it out, low scoring, dominating game on the physical end. And that's a game that Miami really doesn't want to play against us because we're better at that style than they are at this point. I mean, if you're talking about four years ago, it was a complete opposite, but this team, this team has evolved and we play our best ball when it's a, a gutted out low scoring game. And I think that's Miami's going to actually be the one trying to get into transition more against us, but they're not going to be able to, because I think we have better defenders. We have a better depth. And I think we have a better front line than they do in the offensive rebound and defensive rebound is going to be a unbelievable um, difference maker in this series. Yeah, nah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and plus that slug it out style of basketball is much more better for the Knicks just, just for the simple fact that the Knicks half-court defense has been crazy in the postseason so far, especially against Cleveland. So you definitely don't want a team that's going to be running up and down the court against the Knicks. You're going to have, you're going to want to slow down the game and force that team to have to score on you in the half court, knowing that your defense is pretty much number one right now in the postseason when it comes to like, you know, slowing the pace down and having, you know, and having a team having to score on you in the half court. Right. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So we're in good shape, man. We're in, I feel like we need Nixon five. And I still feel like there's some other factors that we even haven't even had to count on last season. I mean, last series that we can count on this series. Listen, Josh Hart, to me, has been maybe the, the, the second or third, somewhere between fourth, fourth and second best player in the league. But we've had other players. Emmanuel quickly still really hasn't had this series that we wanted from last game. Um, Facts. I, I think... The Cavs dodged the bullet there. We were using him as a primary ball handler last last series. They were able to stop that. But at the same time, we were able to have him play off ball and be effective. And I think he'll have another shot to be a primary ball handler in this series and be effective and really take over. So I expect more from quickly this, this series. I expect our bench to really dominate the decimated heat bench. I still remember the last, remember the last game that I missed, I watched. It was, what was it? Hart, IQ, OB, Hart and Stein. Those guys ran the, the heat starters out the gym, you know? So there's a lot to look forward to when with our bench and what happens when Jimmy Butler sits down or Bam Adebayo sits down. I feel like at the end of the day, the Knicks depth is going to take but is going to take over. Hundred percent agree. Right. Yo, salute to the chat. I'm sorry about that. Definitely sorry about the noise, man. Definitely sorry about the noise. We're in transition. We're in transition. It'll be fixed. But shout out to everybody in the chat rock with his nineties Knicks. Um Amazement 717. Uh 1804 Tucson. Everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. If you love the show, hit the subscribe button. We will be here talking Knicks basketball. Also, we'll be here tomorrow discussing Knicks Heat game one, where the Heat are be, will be coming into New York City. Look, the Knicks have home court advantage, guys. <laughs> Which is crazy. The Knicks have home court advantage in the playoffs in the second round. So, we've already seen how that home court advantage played out versus the Cavs. It's kind of where RJ Barrett, those guys found their rhythm. And I, I think it's a big reason why I really feel comfortable saying we're going to win this series. Mm. I don't think it's going to be five. I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that because I think you were like Nixon seven, if I remember correctly, and some Cavs. Yeah. To hear you say five means your confidence has gone up since then. I'm still Nixon six. I think Jimmy's going to have, you know, one or two games where he just goes apocalyptic. And Eric Spostra is the opposite of J.B. Bakerstaff in terms of in-game adjustments. I think he's going to do everything he can to squeak one out. So I'm going to go Knicks and six, but I would love it if you're right. I hope to be wrong. Yeah. I've been going back and forth between Knicks six and five. Go ahead, Ryan. No, I was just saying that, yeah. The previous series, I had Knicks and six. I was glad to say Knicks finished them in five. So, you know, I was happy to be wrong. Then I'm hoping to be wrong now because my initial pick, before I even thought about everything, it was Nixon seven because I know the Heat has played the Knicks tough in the regular season. Like those are all like one possession games for the most part. And one of those games, like Randall kind of got lucky and, and locked up on the three yeah. at the buzzer when he lost possession like two times. So I know that he do play us tough, but I think but I think the fact that the Knicks are a deeper team right now, the Heat are struggling with injuries. Jimmy Butler is capable to go off 
pretty much at any time. But I just feel like it's gonna be too much for the heat to overcome. I'm, I might revise my thoughts. I, I'm, I'm, I might take one game off and say the Knicks in six, but I do expect the Heat to win at least a couple of games just for the simple fact they got Spolcher as their coach and Jimmy can just go nuclear at any time. Yeah, it's crazy. Here's the numbers when Butler guards Randall, which is, you know, eh, eh. six turnovers, five assists, 40% from three. Uh, I'm, I haven't really asked you guys about Randall's um, effect. How do you feel about not having Randall to start the series? And do you feel like, you know, do you feel like eventually we're going to have to go to him to, to get over the hump? Go to Randall? Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, the Knicks should have enough to beat the Heat without Randall playing his best. But I'm 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 of the belief that you know if you want to go far in a playoff series, you need all your horses with you. Yeah. And yeah, you, and and yeah, I think there's going to come a time when Randall's going to definitely have to step up sometime in this playoff series and help the Knicks to a win. I mean, I don't I don't I don't expect him to score. In the heavy in the clutch because he's not really a clutch type of player, but I do expect him to, you know, one of these games, I like, give the Knicks a boost early in the game, mm-hmm. and you know, like kind kind of against the, like kind of like what he did in Cleveland in Game Five, where in the second quarter he was just going off and going into the paint and punishing them in the paint. Like I do want, I do think Randall's gonna have to have a game like that, at least one once or twice in this playoff series to try to propel the Knicks to to help you know help them get a win. This series, I think Mitchell Robinson is more important than Julius Randle. That matchup against him and Kevin Love is our best advantage matchup we have in this series. I think even more so than Brunson against uh, Dave Vincent. Mitchell Robinson is going to absolutely destroy Kevin Love in every facet of the game. And Randle, I think, can rest the first two games and will still be up 2 nothing by the time he comes back. I would like to have him to close it rather than start. I don't think there's a reason to potentially injure his uh, ankle any further yeah. or really wear him out uh, and, and come back in a situation where he's not prepared and he ends up hurting us more than helping us because of his ISO-centered style. I would prefer to set him out as much as possible and let Obi Toppin cook. His confidence is probably the highest it's ever been in his entire tenure as a Nick. So I feel confident with him adding a little bit of a transition game uh, in that starting lineup and and three-point shooting. His three-point shooting has been phenomenal in the playoffs as well. He's one of our best three-point shooters. So I like that matchup. I think Obi will probably give Bam Adebayo uh, some issues because Obi Toppin is also a very solid playmaker for his position, underrated in that regard. And his leakouts on um, uh, on rebounding will be an issue for Bam Adebayo, who prefers to box out and bane underneath while Obi's going to be leaking out, getting some easy transition buttons for us. I think I'm more confident now that I've seen R.J. Barrett do some dirt in high-pressure situations in the playoffs. Because for me, like I said, they're going to trap Jalen Brunson. They're going to have us. They're going to play zone sometimes. You know, that's what they're going to do with us. And somebody else outside of Jalen Brunson is going to have to make plays because you already seen the numbers. Jalen Brunson was cooking Jimmy on one-on-one matchups. So they're going to have to double him at some time. And when that happens, I think we're going to need RJ Barrett to come over. Now, here's the thing that I am worried about. Like, because the, because the Heat has a bunch of shooters now, 
and they have guys at the four who can stretch the four. Um, we, we haven't had a lot of success going small, but I, I keep thinking, you know, Spolster, he's going to try certain things. I can see him trying to go smaller for longer periods of time to get Mitch Robinson out of the paint because we have been killing teams with the offensive board. So I don't know if he's going to try to play Kevin Love at the five in certain places to force us to make an adjustment or, you know, or, or, or something like that. And at, at, in those moments, maybe we, we can go back to Randall if he's available because then we can match the quickness and then still not lose on the rebounding end. Um, that's the only thing I can kind of think of that can possibly hurt us. Um, because I do feel like, you know, we're playing well. We're playing well without him as of now. And and I think R.J. Barrett is a big reason for that. And I think there's potential for other guys to, to step up as well in his absence. So and I, that's that's what I think. I, I still feel confident, but I can see Swalter scheming where Mitch Knight might not be as effective as he was the last series. Yeah, I can definitely see that as well. I wouldn't be surprised. And I will say this, though. If Randall does go off this series, it's going to be easy work. Yeah. Yeah. That that's that's really what it is for me. It's like I'm expecting Brunson to cook these dudes. Who else on our team can be counting on to cook somebody? Because if somebody else outside of Brunson cooks the heat, we win. That's exactly what happened with the Cavs. Brunson was cooking. He was looking around for somebody to make shots. RJ Barrett started to take over. Everybody else did the dirty work. We just need somebody else to take over. Then we'll have Josh Hart do the dirty work. Josh Hart can make big shots at the end, and 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 then we're good to go. So I, I when I look at the past, the pathway to victories for the Heat, I feel like I still I still I our death just gives me a few paths. We have RJ Barrett who can do it. I've seen him do it. We have IQ who still hasn't has to go off, and we have you know Josh Hart can come in and hit big shots when we want to. So I I, I feel good, man. I feel good about this series. The matchup discrepancies are very similar. From Cleveland, New York to Heat, New York. I think we dominate them in every positional matchup, except for shooting guard, where Jimmy Butler is better than uh, Quentin Grimes. And I'll give them head coach. Eric Sposter, I think, is a number one or number two best coach in the NBA. He's the best coach in the Eastern Conference. But I put Tom Thibodeau, number two, right behind him. I think this is the battle of the two best coaches in the Eastern Conference, period. Playoffs not included overall coaches in the, in, the, in the Eastern Conference. And it's going to be a chess match between the two. I'm very happy that Tom Thibodeau is someone that I can trust now with the adjustments that, that he's made. And he showed me that I think he can go down on the wire against Spo and win this series in less than six. So it's going to be an awesome matchup to watch there. Uh, but I give Spo a lot of credit. I think he's going to have these guys prepared. He's on, he has brought the best out of like four or five undrafted players that make up their nine or 10 man rotation, including Duncan Robinson, Matt Strews, Gabe Vincent, I believe Caleb Martin as well. So he, he's able to get the best out of his guys, very similar to Tibbs. Yeah. They buy into a certain mentality and culture, just like Tibbs. So it's a lot of mirror imaging between these two teams that dates all the way back to Pat Riley and his connections with both franchises. Uh, and then Jeff Van Gundy and Tibbs being the acolyte of Jeff Van Gundy. You know, there's a tree there, and and it's going to be a, a, a heavyweight door, door between those two coaches. They're very intelligent, uh, very well-prepared, high IQ uh, NBA leaders. So I'm looking forward to that aspect of it. That's probably my favorite part 
is a chess match, but I think the talent wise on the Nets end with Miami missing Oladipo, who's been a solid defender, if not an inefficient store, and especially Tyler Hero, the third highest point per game store after Bam and Jimmy is really going to tilt in the Nets' favor. We might not have Randall, but they don't they don't even have any opportunity for Oladipo or Hero to come back. We do with Randall. There's a potential for Randall to come back and Grimes to play. They're going to be without Hero. Without Hero, they don't have they don't have a real puncher's chance talent-wise in this series. Yeah. Bam would have to step up. Bam would be really the only guy who really could step up. And he possibly could. I'm not sure if he has that dog in him though. Like I'm not really sure if he has that dog in him. And for me, listen, man, Jimmy Butler can only guard one person. If he's guarding Bench and he's still cooking him, and RJ goes off because he got these little mini-me's guarding him, because nobody on that team in Miami Heat is bigger, strong enough, or tall enough to guard RJ. We're, we're going to find a way to cook. We're going to find a way to cook. So I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. Man. Me uh, too. Yeah. 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 Salute to the chat. Well, thanks you guys for watching and enduring all the beeping, but I hope you guys actually love the content and appreciate the breakdown that we gave you. If you like the show, hit that like and subscribe button. I'm letting you know right now, the show is going to come down. It's live right now. It's going to come down. It's going to go right back up. So you'll be able to comment under when the show is, is back uploaded. Okay. But thank you guys for support. If you're new, hit the subscribe button and uh, I'll be working on that sound to make sure there's no ringing for the next show. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, any final thoughts that you want to give to this this preview show, guys? I got one. If you don't mind me doing first, Ryan. I saw uh, Amazement717 in the chat said, what about your boy, Kevin Lovely? I've been on record on Twitter and on this podcast being very grateful that Kevin Love was no longer on the Cleveland Cavaliers. He is on the Miami Heat, but the role was very different. The fear I had of Kevin Love was as a very big, very strong power forward playing next to Jared Allen. Where Jared Allen handled all the cleanup duties. You know, he was a rim protector. He was a main rebounding threat. And Kevin Love really was just floating around the perimeter, not having to do a whole lot of grimy work down there in the paint and catching, shooting at, at will. In Miami, it's very different. Right now, he's having to be the starting small ball power forward. And since he's went to Miami, a lot of his statistics have changed with him this season. He went from a 35% three point shooting to 29. His effective field goal went from 5'11 with Cleveland to 496 in Miami. His win share total per 48 minutes went from 0.112 to 0.075. And most importantly, his bots plus minus per 48 minutes went from a positive 1.4 to a negative 1.1. He's having to do a hell of a lot more playing out of position. He's never liked playing the five his whole career. Now he's having to play for the five and he's focusing less on three-point shooting you can tell by the dip in the sequence and we're focusing more on rebounding, botting out, defending, and protecting the rim. All things that Mitchell Robinson is going to eat his lunch. So he's going to be a lot less effective a player in this role as a small ball five than he was in Cleveland as a very big power forward playing as an all-star center. I can the playoffs though, I feel like he's shooting better in the playoffs if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's how that's yeah, how I'm, I'm looking back at his stats right now. Forty three percent from three in the playoffs. So I'm talking about the wider macrocosm of the regular season, not this playoff series in this okay. Milwaukee, where there were a lot of unrealistic spikes in production, both three point shooting and field goal shooting. For case point in case, Duncan Robinson's seventy three percent three point shooting. Right. You know, what I'm, not gonna, I'm not focused on those anomalies. I'm talking about the regular season, which is a wider sample size. Got you. Got you. Yeah. I guess for me, 
besides like um I think my I look Mitch has done a massive job in the Cavs series. The further he is away from the basket, the less effective he is for us. So if they're they're what I think my biggest my biggest concern for this series really is the Mitch versus Bam, Mitch versus Love thing, because he's effective around the rim. If they keep pulling him to the three-point line to guard or to the foul line to guard, it kind of gives us less opportunities to, you know, finish off defensive stances and get defensive rebounds and get offense. And, you know, so maybe the offensive rebounds will still be fine, but defense defensive rebounds, I can I can see us maybe start to struggle a little bit. Um, maybe you might have to maybe you play Josh Hart a little bit more in the series. Um, I don't know. This is interesting because I do feel like Grimes is better at busting out zones because he's the better three-point shooter. So, and I can see Miami playing a lot more zone against us, but I also feel like Josh Hart is a better defender on Jimmy. Um, so it's like you've given one area and you take on a, a you lose, you gain in one area and lose in another. So, I mean, that's just something to watch with the, with this matchup. Definitely something to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really comp- I'm not really concerned about the defensive rebounding because even the series against the Cavs, since the Knicks have since the Knicks were slowing down the game a bit, mm-hmm. and, and they and they went out in transition and spurts. I do think that the defensive rebounding, like the Knicks, do kind of crash the boards. You know, oftentimes, you know, it wasn't just Mitch down there. You, you saw RJ come down and crash the board. You saw Hosh, you, you saw Hart come down and crash the boards. You saw other guys coming down and crash the boards. So I think even if Mitch is forced to guard out, guard out of the three-point line on the perimeter or if he's forced to, like, guard out, you know, by the free throw line or whatever the case may be, I do I, – I am pretty confident that the Knicks are going to crash the boards mm-hmm. and RJ is going to grab rebounds, Hart's going to grab rebounds. Etc. And they're gonna, you know, pick up the slack if Mitch is out of position, based on what I saw in the Cleveland Cavaliers series. Yeah, yeah, I see you, Obi. That's right, yo. With no Randall starting, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna play. Who do you think is gonna be the starting power for this? Are you think they will go with Josh Hart, or you think they'll go with Obi? Obi. I think Obi too. Yeah. This is gonna. Remember, we talking about X factors. Obi was one of my. One of my X factors. I remember somebody, I forgot who was it, asked who has the most to gain out of the young guys from the series coming up. And I said Obi. <laughs> and I said Obi because I'm looking at Julius Randle's health and I'm looking at how everybody was saying, oh, everybody was just like, you know what? Obi did great against lesser competition. Against, you know, end of the season when the games don't really mean much, things are already wrapped up. Can he do it in the playoffs? So far in the playoffs, there's been a few people who shot well. Um, outside of Jalen Brunson, there's been Brunson, Josh Hart, and Obi Toppins. <laughs> yeah. Like those are the only people who actually shot well. Um, unless I'm missing somebody else, but I don't think I am. Um, that's why the Knicks have been what, dead last, almost dead last in three point percentage and field goal percentage. So, so we need some of that to come up. But Obi Toppin has a chance to make another mark once again with Randall possibly missing the first two games or so. Um, especially if he's be he listen, 
and we they're gonna go small too. So this might be opportunity for him to to, to play with some other guys around this size. We should be fine. Uh, it, I think Isaiah Hartenstein is gonna be crucial too. I mean, Mitchell Robinson is gonna feast, no doubt. But when Cody Zeller, what a bum! When he's in the game at the five, my my God! I mean, y'all thought Ricky Rubio was a bum. At least Rubio was good at some point in his career. Cody Zeller has never been good. And Cody Zeller's in Isaiah Hartenstein, man. The dude has not only got to abuse him on the boards and bots out, he's also got to unleash the full bad on his bum ass. Hit, I mean, hit him with the face up, hit, hit him with some jumpers, hit him with the passing, like just unleash everything and made Spostra have to play Zeller and try to stay big because of the losing and rebounding battle so much. Because I think the best case scenario for Miami is they're able to play small and Love is continuing to play the five or even Bam in a five. And he's a playmaker getting those advanced passes for quick buckets on the transition. That's when they're at their scariest in the playoffs. We need to force them to stay big and keep Zeller's bag of bones on the court. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yo, the way Lee casually calls people a bum like it's a regular word. Like he says bum like he just like he's saying good morning. He's just like (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. It's kind of crazy. But yeah, I'm deaf, man. And it's like, yo, you can't even argue because it's like, yo, is is Zeller really a good player? Like you can't even you you can't even argue that dog. He was out the NBA. He was out the NBA. Shoot. Shoot, I, I was a zoo, I was a Rubio fan. Shoot, I used to I was a I, I, I used to be one too. I was a Rubio yeah. fan. I remember I wanted the Knicks to kind of draft him back in the day. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> but that was 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That was 10 years ago, and now as Lee says, he's a defensive corpse. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He's defensive. He is walking dead. He said it best. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, since Lee mentioned Zeller, you know, I'm going back looking at stats now, see how Zeller did against the Bucks, And, oh, boy, Jesus. <laughs> I'm it, assuming. It, 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 it's, it's not good. Trust me. It's not good. I believe. At all. Uh, and, 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 I, and I mean, if the Knicks can find some way to keep him on the court, yeah, it's going to definitely be in the Knicks' favor. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. For, for real. Yeah, the depth is gonna be like, they're gonna have to play Jimmy Butler like forty eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Who between the three? I would love for I love for to hear y'all's answers. Outside of Jimmy, outside of Bam, who do you think's a key player for Miami? I'll give y'all something to think about. It, I'll go first. To me, is Dave Vincent. Dave Vincent has played very well against us, not just this year, past seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of the few holdovers, I believe, who is on that team that went to the conference finals uh, last year and then was in the first round sweep by Milwaukee the year before, if memory serves correct. So he's been ingrained in that culture for a while. He's now with a new addition like Kevin Love or Cody Zeller. He's someone who's been there for a while, and he has a three-point shot that can be really deadly, and he's a dog too. He's kind of like a more offensively skilled Jose Alvarado. Uh, he's just someone who really likes the bright lights, who's not mm-hmm. scared of it. And there's a reason why he's starting over Kyle Lowry right now, even though Kyle Lowry's getting overpaid way too much and his fat ass is on the bench. So the fact that, I mean, the, the, Dave Vincent can kill you off the dribble. And he's probably the one guy outside their bid too, but I'm scared of because, man, Lowry, bro. Uh, Lowry doing like Black China out there, bro, for real. Like, he is thick AF. Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> 
Real talk. Real talk, man. For real. <laughs> Yo. Oh, man. I mean, damn. Yeah, you said Kyle got to get the same players and take it out. That's crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> got a bbl down in miami man for real <laughs> looking like a kardashian knockoff oh my Yo. <laughs> <laughs> i mean damn like when i think about it too i'm like it probably is vincent i mean i mean Struz probably can go off two at times you know if his three-point shot is on he could be a threat as well I was gonna say Struis, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, besides Struis, it's probably it, it probably is Vincent because you know Vincent is. To, I mean, based on what I've seen with the Heat in the playoffs against the Bucks, it does seem like Vincent is that third option behind Bam and Jimmy, yeah. you know, to score the ball. So yeah, yeah, I can say that. I was gonna say Struis because Struis be killing us too, man. I don't know what it is, but Struis always be killing us during regular season. So I'm mean, like, damn, Struis is Struis. Is, <laughs> I, I'm I'm I always have my one eye on Struis because he lights us up from three, but Vincent is is one too, and and I can't I can't ignore Love either because Love just freaking hate man, he always kills us. He has. He always yeah. kills us, man. Since Timberwolves days, I remember he had like thirty and twenty that one game on Stoudemire. I was yeah. like, bruh. <laughs> oh, for the from the beginning of time, he. Yep. He always kills us. Like you said, when we that Cavs series, not even the Cavs series, we played the Cavs that first game, he killed us. Yeah. And sometimes our sometimes our force, I feel like OB may I think OB uh, well one, I think Tom Tom has varied his schemes a little bit. So we don't leave those open threes for fours anymore like we did in the beginning of the season. So I think that's gonna help. And I think OB's gotten better too. But you know, those stretch fours kill teams for reasons sometimes it opens pink up so i feel like strauss is something i want i'm looking after i'm looking at love as well because he he just be killing us man yeah facts and he can open us up and make it harder for us to like recover and get rebounds and stuff but yeah we need obi to go off too because here's the thing like Obi can run him out the gym though, so that's one. We if Obi and and Love is in the game at the same time, Ooh. challenge Love, Ooh. get the rebound, like get that Obi go heart. Get the re please get the rebound because if yeah. Hart gets the rebound, it's a wrap. It's too. You know we've been talking about it all season that Tibbs has been second half of the season has been has been more calculated with his drop coverage yeah. and Mitch can go out and guard love on the perimeter and stuff his ass as he's getting as high off the ground as I am when we jump I mean it's like half an inch bro he, he's got no lift in that shot Mitch can stuff him on the perimeter and I, I think I think he's done did at least one he's gonna get at least one Kevin Love block I can't wait <laughs> let's see if I bet on Vegas on that <laughs> no, <I feel laughs> yeah yeah and Mitch man I remember Mitch Mitch I used to love Mitch was the guy who's like, yo, he blocked Kevin Durant. Oh, you remember he's all hyped when he blocked um when he when he blocked um yo, why am I mom going to the going dude on the Sixers who's on the Houston Rockets? James Harden on the three-point line. He was like, yeah. every now and again. 
No he doubt. Sleep, he sleep on Mitch and then he'll block a three. You know what yeah, I'm and at one time, Mitch led the league in block threes as well at one time. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He, he put on a little weight so he can battle people. Yeah. So he lost like a little bit of quickness, but he still can block some threes every now and again. Uh, Ola Sumbo said Kyle Lowry got a BBL and still can't box out. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. Jeez. Kyle Lowry captain strays today. God damn. <laughs> no strays? We playing them, baby. It's game one tomorrow. No strays. <laughs> no strays. <laughs> no He's in the crosshairs, baby. Oh, Let's man. go. Oh, oh man. Oh, I'm sorry, Kyle. I ain't know what's going this way. <laughs> Black China. Got him. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, Black Kyle is crazy. All right. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think I'm gonna end it here. I, wait, I mean, let me acknowledge the super chat. Hold on. We did get a super chat. Shout out to Keith who sends a one ninety nine super chat. Says, check your headset plug. Great job, guys. It's not my headset plug. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> not my headset plug. But I appreciate the super chat, and I was definitely trying to touch stuff while the show was going on to see if anything happened and yeah so i'm gonna have to do that off air but thank you guys for, for rocking with us all right all right so i asked you guys any last words and it turned into a whole other pod so that's <laughs> 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 <sighs> so why y'all do what y'all do that's what y'all do. <laughs> All right. Any any last words for you, Ryan G? Um, not the moment. I'm just looking forward to the series, and I have a good feeling that we will see the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's all. That's all I pretty much got to say. Knicks, Celtics. Y'all looked at me crazy when I said Knicks going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Then you looked at me more crazy when I said Knicks going to the Finals. And look at us now. Let's go. But, but here's the thing though, like we didn't like we didn't foresee that Giannis would get hurt in the Bucks series sure. and he could just jump out of them and he beat and he pretty much knocked the Bucks out of the playoffs. Like we like we were thinking that the Bucks would be our second round matchup and we match up badly against the Bucks. So that's why it wasn't really registering like yet in the yeah, the Knicks gonna make Eastern Conference Finals, but the basketball, but the basketball guys are shining are shining light on our favor now. They're shining light light in our face, shining light over the team. Like over the city, where it's like, okay, well, Eastern Conference Finals is not more realistic. <laughs> definitely when I, did. When I said that, I didn't know who we were going to face. Like, it was still undetermined. I just felt like we had a good shot, a puncher shot against anyone that we faced up with in the Eastern Conference, including Miami. I think it would have won seven. Yeah. Bud is still Bud, man. Yo, we've had some luck. We had some 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 good fortune. Listen, yeah. the, the Kevin Durant leaving the East and going out West was like the first domino to open us up to winning more games and being dominant in the East. Then Josh Hart coming to the Knicks, I felt like got us like, like four or five more wins. And now that Giannis is injured for the Bucks and, and freaking Embiid is injured for the 76ers. Like you heard me say all the I've been I like I know everybody's scared of the Celtics and I, I have a healthy fear of the Celtics for sure. But I always felt like the 76ers kill us and the Bucks were a tough matchup. And now both of those the most the, the teams I'm scared of the most are hobbled. So 
it just seems like the freaking stars are aligning right now for us to shock the freaking world, like RJ Barrett said in the beginning of the <laughs> of the season. It's crazy. It's 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 nuts. Facts, so, facts. I can see it, man. I can see it. But we definitely gonna need Randall for this for the next round for sure. Like a hundred. Like we're gonna. I feel like we need him this season yes. too. This round too, just in case, just to experiment with like the. A smaller lineup in certain places, and because you know Spo is gonna get silly and try stuff, um, and hopefully Tibbs follows suit. But I definitely know we're gonna need him for a Celtics if we make it. According to ESPN and advanced metrics, and this went up a percentage point from an hour ago when I looked at it. They're giving the Knicks ninety-two point three percent chance to make the conference finals. Miami Heat seven point seven percent to win the title. And it's number three right now. Philly one, Celtics two, Knicks three. The Knicks are above every Western Conference team. Really? That's crazy. To win the championship. What? What's happening right now? Oh, Let's go! The luck of your Atlanta assassin, boy! The lucky charm! Let's us, go! They have us over... Over the Suns? The yes. Suns? Golden yes. Suns? The Nuggets, we clobbered the Nuggets when we played them. It's the NBA Power Index, ESPN.com. We clobbered the Nuggets when we played them. Um, I actually feel like we, we might match up well against the Nuggets. I'm not even going to hold you. You know who's fourth? Lakers. Lakers are fourth. Denver's fifth. Phoenix is sixth. Every other team after that has under one percentage point. Philly has 36.2. Boston's 32.5. Nets are 14.4. Five in third place. Man, I'm like, I don't even want to talk about chip. Let's go. <laughs> I'm too PTSD be talking about chips. Right I'm not making that call yet. I'm too PTSD. Yet. I'm not. I said finals. I'm not going beyond that right now. That might change. You said finals, and they talk about we can beat every team in the West. Oh, yeah. I can win. I'm, I'm still shocked that we're over the Suns. Like, I'm like, really? And the Suns got KD, Booker. CP3? Jesus. How are we over the... I mean, I'm guessing they would put KD on Brunson. But then... So much depends Brunson on... Chop liver. Oh, he would destroy CP3, Lord. He would yeah. destroy Phoenix, period. No matter who they switched on him. You could put Hart on, on Booker. Yeah. Kevin Love is... is I mean, Kevin, yeah, Kevin yeah, Durant is Kevin Durant. KD's going to be an issue. Yeah, that's going to be the issue right there. KD. Yeah. Kevin Durant. Yo, it's really, to me, dog, it's really R.J. Barrett, man. Yep. It's really R.J. Barrett. 100%. Remember, I, I said it in, like, game 60. Uh, we are a playmaking, all-star caliber wing away from being contenders, like, seriously. And R.J. Barrett really stuffed up against the Cavs, and that's why we're here right now. The way R.J. Barrett was able to finish at the rim at such a high rate, and not only that, playmake. This playmaking, the decision-making was, was a lot sharper. I was looking at the stats, including the glass. I think he was in, like, the 68th percentile in the assist percentage during the playoff series. So he's been passing well, too. And he allowed, he allowed Brunson to play off ball and have him save his energy because they was blitzing Brunson for most of the series. So like RJ, yo, 
a playmaking big guy like RJ Barrett is going to be really important for us and Julius Randle as well. But it's like, I love Randle, but he's so sometimesy with the playmaking. <laughs> During our Avengers team up before the start of the Cleveland Cavalier series, I said RJ Barrett is the X factor to, to us making a very deep playoff run. If he can average an efficient 25 and 5, I think we can win a championship this year. Now, I'm just saying that is an anomaly in itself because his career yeah. the sample size shows that he's never done that yeah but if he can do that in this playoffs there is no we don't have a ceiling we can go all the way to, and win it all because it's impossible to steam for brunson randall and rj barrett it's too much exactly randall and, and brunson are already that's a lot of defensive focus and attention you got to put on those two you can't also steam for rj rj's facing your third best defender at best every possession and a third best defender, Audrey can cook going downhill. If he didn't add a three ball, game over. Exactly. Brunson is going to be efficient. We need one other guy outside yep. of Mitch to be efficient for a series, and we're fine. We you just, you just need one. We just need one. <laughs> yeah, facts. And I think, and I think what Randall showed in game five, if he continues to play like that in the playoffs as well, because the Cavaliers often threw two players, three players at him, but against the Cavaliers in game five, like every time he drove to the basket and saw that he didn't have a shot, he just kicked it back out and decisive, you know, got somebody again, got somebody open three. Like if Randall continues to play like that and pick his spots, went to attack and finish out the rim, it's going it, it's gonna be crazy. Like the Knicks are going to be really tough along with RJ Barrett providing that efficient offense from the wing. And then we get into this, I don't know, it's, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm projecting way farther out. RJ to me has always been like this missing piece factor, like waiver, like, man, maybe we should keep him, maybe we shouldn't. Like, if, we, if he really turns out, this can be the, the guy because I always felt like he has playmaking that he doesn't utilize enough. And we have all these draft picks and all these players. If we get really far, I think we have to be careful about what moves we make. You can't mm -hmm. just spend money just to spend money. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Like we have to be smart. We have to be smart and really like maximize uh, our draft picks and how we spend them and, and not just, I don't want to just go after a big name just because. Right. Because right. yeah. now like the chemistry and the balance, you know what I mean? It, it's, yep. it's getting critical. It's getting critical. Like you don't want to end up being Dallas. With yes. <laughs> You don't that's want a, that's being, a great analogy. You don't want to end up being in Dallas with two Hall of Famers and out of the play yet. If you would have asked me low-key, off the books, off the record, what would it take in the middle of the season after we shortened the nine-man rotation for us to win a championship then, not adding any players, just like what has to evolve from a team that we have in place, it would have been three things that I probably would have said are impossible. One, Randall stays consistent mentally, emotionally, physically the entire postseason. Two, Tom Thibodeau evolves and closes bet games better, manages the rotations better, his in-game adjustments better. And three, R.J. Barrett finds his three-point shot and becomes an efficient scorer. Those are three, like, in the middle of the season, yeah. damn near impossible things you would think would happen. Well, two out of three have happened so far. If R.J. can be that third one, well, it's going to stop us. Yeah, I agree because I expect Grimes to – I expect Grimes to continue to develop – and be a 40% three-point shooter on low, low, moving forward. Like, I expected. I expected it from the beginning of the season. I expected 
even even if even if this series come turns out and he doesn't shoot a high volume from three, like I bet money that that Grimes would do it next season. So I expect that to happen. So if RJ starts to hit threes too, that gives Brunson the space he needs to operate. That means Randall doesn't even have to launch as many threes. Like the three point shooting for us opens up so many things because we were top five, a top ten offense without even being a good three point shooting team. Yep. In the first place. Offensive rebounding. Exactly. So that opens up a lot for us. That opens up a lot for us, and, they, and we then we've really truly grown this thing from within. And man, good old executive the yeah. It deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. Oh man, I I missed the super chat through all this excitement. Um, John Bain sends a one nine nine super chat. Says, "Imagine we beat LeBron in the finals. Hmm. If we beat LeBron in the finals, I am going to be insufferable." Same. <laughs> Ryan G knows my history. All right, because that's why Ryan G is. <laughs> I've had a grudge low-key grudge against LeBron. LeBron is a great man, humanitarian stuff like that. But there was a period of time when um, I really despised LeBron because of the whole decision thing, pump fake that's going to the Knicks, and then the uh, the water bottle, the water bottle challenge when he was spinning playing that water bottle challenge on the sidelines in 2016. I've had, I've held a grudge for a long, and I've since cooled down. I've since cooled down. But it's still a little bit left. <laughs> if we beat LeBron, I'll be hyped. If we beat LeBron, I'll be hyped. If we beat Phoenix, I'm just going to play. Hey, KD, don't you wish you was coming to the day? I would have I play. There's a lot of scenarios, but it'll be fun for me. So, I mean, <laughs> personally, it's personal. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> You almost ended the show like twice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit. Oh, That's man. Fun. Oh, man. But, yo, great show, guys. Yeah, great show, guys. Really good show. Um, Like you guys here right now, I'm going to shut down the stream. And I'm going to re-upload it. So don't be alarmed. Where's the show? Where's the show? It's coming back. It's coming back. Um, I'm playing some. I'm playing the YouTube algorithm game. So just relax. All right? Cool. <laughs> All right. So. Yeah, yo, Lee, let them know where they can find you, man. At underscore Lee Escobedo, L-E-E-E-S-C-O-B-E-D-O. All my fam in the chat always be uh, following me and engage with me. I appreciate that. Uh, two shout outs. One to my main man, John Bain. It's been a long time coming, brother. Glad to enjoy this moment with you, man. And uh, one of my pops, can't wait to see you tomorrow watching this. And uh, hey, now I need some barbecue. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, Ryan G, let them know where they can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G S C S I R G is C H I L I N. You can also find me on Sir G's Corner. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. And yo, I see some of the comments in this chat. Y'all need to chill talking about badly built Lowry. Y'all go ahead and drop 10 points a game against him. <laughs> this is Lee's favorite. Man. That was the coldest diss I ever heard on. Man, I thought, you know what? Let me shut up. I'm not even bringing up old man. 
like it myself. <laughs> oh man. Yo, listen, man. You can find snapbacks, black and white, blue, and orange. I seen somebody ordered a Mitch, a Mitch tea. I'm not sure if you're watching now. I emailed you. I'm not sure if you saw it. The orange, the orange tea got discontinued. I tried to order it for you. Orange, the orange Mitch, Mitch tea got discontinued, so you can order it in different colors, though. Hopefully you get that message if you're watching. All right. Follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher for sure. Get the snapbacks at I think timeshow.com slash catalog. Blue and orange and black and white. So definitely do that. And yeah, follow us on the KLT show on Twitter, the Nick Time Show on Instagram, and Nick Time Show on Facebook. All right, cool. That is our show. Good show, guys, as always. And thank you, guys. Listen, super chats are also welcome. I've got a new computer, I gotta pay some stuff off. So any super chat is welcome. Also, gotta fix the sound. All right, but thank you, guys. Um, if you notice, I don't know if you guys noticed, the video has been a lot smoother today. <laughs> and so thank you guys for the support. Yeah, help me kind of keep this stuff going. The super chats go to KOT stuff. I don't buy Jordans. <laughs> I don't buy Hewings. It all goes back. I don't pocket nothing. I just always goes back in the show. So thank you guys for the support. All right. You're yeah. buying Starberries. Mm-hmm. Oh, Starberries. You're buying ten dollars Starberries. <laughs> Yo, if if Knicks fans chant black China every time Kyle Lowry's in the game, I'm going to be crying. I'm going to be dying, man. Oh, Oh, that would make my life, man. Let that happen, y'all. Oh, man. Do it for the Latin assassin. Oh, man, yo. That's crazy. That's crazy. All right, man. That is our show. You're not going to hear the the outro, but the, the audience will, guys. So, as always, you already know what it is. Shout out to World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. A mess out here in these Nick's YouTube streets. That's our show. We out this mug. Peace. York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams. NYC.